everybody out there and welcome to another exciting, fabulous episode of Terrific Talk, the horror podcast that aims to answer the question, why horror and why do we love horror so much? We have another awesome guest this evening. He will be coming on in about 15 minutes. His name is Ravenheart. He is a partnered Twitch streamer who loves horror, loves horror games, and loves Silent Hills. So we will be talking with him about that here, as I said, in about 15 minutes. But first, I want to segue into a little segment called Brandy Recommends, where what I do is I recommend a horror film for people to watch or a horror podcast or a horror book, anything horror related, I will recommend. <laughs> and my audience is being a little bit cheeky this evening. They tell me that I never ask when horror is or how horror is. I'm sure that horror is doing just fine. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let me go ahead and get to my recommendation of today. If you have the horror streaming service Shudder, this is where you will find this movie that I will just talk about today. It is called The Summer of 84. Now, the summer of 84 it brings nothing really too new to the horror genre. It's pretty straightforward. The plot at times is pretty predictable. But if you're a fan of horror and you're a fan of like the 80s style and if you're a fan of such shows as Stranger Things, then I think that you would really like this film. So let me bring up a bit about Summer of 84. So according to imdb.com, Summer of 84 is a horror movie that just came out this past year, August 10th, 2018. As said, you can find it on Amazon Prime if you don't have Shudder, but the easiest place to find it would be Shudder. I said I'm not sponsored by Shudder. They are just an awesome streaming service that I would highly recommend to any horror fans. So the plot behind it, without any spoilers, is as follows. After suspecting that their police officer neighbor is a serial killer, a group of teenage friends spend their summer spying on him and gathering evidence. But as they get closer to discovering the truth, things get dangerous. It looks like it was nominated for three awards at the Mullins de Rey horror film festival in 2018. So as I've said, 
No, it doesn't bring too much new to the horror genre. No, it is a, yes, it is a predictable type of horror film. But if you like the overall 80, 80s vibe and you liked shows like Stranger Things, then I think that you would enjoy this movie. Now, is it a movie that I would watch over and over and over again? No, I would not watch Summer of 84 over and over and over again. At most, I'd probably watch it once more. But that's about it. But it was an enjoyable experience nonetheless. So, knowing more about Summer of 84, a little bit about it, it's categorized as not just a horror, but also a mystery and a drama. Does it sound like something that you would want to watch? I saw that Silver Trigger said that his curiosity was piqued. Maybe. Honestly, I love creative horror. So you're talking about horror, I assume, that brings something new to the genre. Does it just follow the same patterns? So Dan says, I watch anything. So yeah. I didn't ignore you. I chose to answer you second. It sounds like any run-of-the-mill horror movie. I mean, like I said, Zaho, to be fair, yes, it doesn't bring much new to the genre. I more recommend it for the atmosphere and the vibe than anything else. Like, if you watched Stranger Things and you liked it, then I would give Summer of 84 a try. If you're not really a big fan of Stranger Things, then I don't think that you will like Summer of 84 all too much. Actually, no. And it also gave me vibes because it was four friends. It gave me a little bit of a Stand By Me vibe. I don't know if any of you have ever seen Stand By Me. It was based off of the Stephen King novella The Body, directed by Rob Reiner. Oh my god, are you serious? I have people who either have never heard of Stand By Me or who are just giving me shit right now. I can't tell which. lurking this entire time. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have our guest in our text chat. Yeah, you sneaky devil you and who we will be calling here in just a few minutes. So you'll be able to see him if you're watching this on video or hear him 
if you are listening to the audio portion. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the interview portion of the Terrific Talk podcast. And with me, I have Ravenheart, who is a partnered Twitch streamer and fellow horror fan. So welcome, sir. Glad to have you on the podcast this evening. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And like I said, there's been like, and like you said, there's been a lot of back and forth going on, like, and mm-hmm. lots of patience involved. And I finally snagged you. I finally got you on Terrific Talk. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, I'm happy to talk about um, to something I'm very passionate about. Obviously, you're very passionate about it too. To have a podcast dedicated stra- straight to horror. I mean, I, I don't I don't play nothing but horror on my stream. In fact, like I, I've really tried to hide the fact that I'm like I like variety because uh, when it comes to my audience, like horror is what they is what they come out for in big biggest numbers. You know, especially the classic games of, of course you know i do mostly gaming well pretty much 90 percent gaming on my channel and most of it i'd say 90 percent of the 90 percent of gaming <laughs> is is horror games so hey hey if you like it and your audience likes it then why not right for sure for sure so for those of out there who don't know you or your twitch content give a brief introduction and kind of tell what you're all about besides like what you've already said well i mean how far how, how far back are we talking here do you want to just to start at the beginning you know i was a young boy uh, growing up in back but no i'm just kidding yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> once upon well, a time um, <laughs> well i i started streaming um back in 2004 no sorry 2013 that's when I first started streaming on a really crappy laptop with integrated Intel graphics. Um, I, I pretty much played very low-res games, and I didn't even get my first HD stream under my belt until 2014 when I got finally got a, I invested in a good streaming computer. And uh, I always had, uh, like, the first game I ever streamed was Amnesia The Dark Descent because it was a game that I knew I had really good reactions to. People would, 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 would pop to my, my screams and my cries for help. You know, um, even though I play horror games all the time, people say, oh, oh, nothing scares Raven anymore. I think that that is a load of bull right there. I actually um, get I get caught off guard by some jump scares and some creepy moments and atmosphere still does a number on me when it's done correctly, for sure. But, um, yeah, I got partnered in uh, uh, in 2014 uh, around my birthday in August. And, uh, yeah, I've been. um it's been up. It's been an up and down journey on Twitch, but I always come back to those classic uh, series like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, and uh, they get a lot of traction on my channel. I I, I do a lot of um, in depth story playthroughs and like analysis of the Silent Hill series, and it's what brought me together with the other four members of Team Silent, um, uh, a, a team of Twitch partners all dedicated to the Silent Hill series. That's uh, an Eternal Enigma, Nub Zombie, UFO Techie, and Maxi Lobes. And uh, we we founded Team Silent in 2018, and uh, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of awesome stuff. Like I, like I'm the co-founder of the uh, All Hallows Eve or All Hallows Eve and Saint Jude Play Live Scarathon here on Twitch TV, which is a three-day event, nonstop uh, event. Like like it's basically 72 hours straight of all 
streamers playing horror games for charity. We've done that three years in a row now. And we've we've raised uh, close to, I think, I think uh, we're close to, we're getting close to 100K total raised for for charity now. And uh, we're going to pick that back up in spring and again in October. That is amazing that that organization is just like raised so much for charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we've we yeah. featured uh, like at least three to four dozen different uh, streamers. And we even did a simul a simulcast marathon on uh, Mixer. So with with uh, with like their like their own lineup of streamers as well over there for the Scarathon last October. So it was like a dual platform event that we actually put together. It was it was a lot of stress, but yeah, it was worth it in the end. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of planning goes into making sure that the scarathons go off right. It's like every few months, mm-hmm. it seems like that you're doing them. Yeah, and for sure, we're going to be uh, trying to uh, raise the awareness of that this year. And we're going, we're probably going to, because normally we just have it hosted on a specific channel. Okay. You know, like uh, my, the, the other co-founder of the Scarathon, I am Brandon, mm-hmm. formerly known as uh, UGR Gaming. You've probably heard of him. Yes, yes. Um, uh, he hosted uh, the first few, and then I hosted the last one. But we're probably going to make a central channel on Twitch for the Scarathon, so that way we can get 100% of the revenue. Like, like, because we can get the the channel like affiliate status, and that way, like, even the subs and bits will go towards the final goal that we raise. Yeah, that would make everything, I think, a whole lot easier if, like, if it was all centralized. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's what we're going to work on this year. Yeah, instead of having to go like back and forth between like, oh, just one channel and then another channel. So, yeah, I'm really excited like, to see how the next one goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And because I've been like an avid watcher of that for at least the last um, two or three ones that have been on. Wow, nice. Yeah. Well, so, thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to like get on myself. Like, one day, one day I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's kind of um, shift gears and switch mm-hmm. topics as to let's talk about the why behind um horror so why do you love uh horror as a genre so what is it about horror that attracts you to it you know the funny thing is i'm probably not going to give the answer that you that you probably think i'm going to i'm actually not a fan of horror in general i'm really only like i'm really like a huge fan of certain aspects of horror i love horror as something that is actually scary like like because if you think back to most most uh productions of horror dating all the way back to like the macabre macabre days you know like macabre days of like the early 1900s uh-huh. and things like that like things that were scary and grotesque they were used as more of like like a flashy showmanship kind of way to like they were to scare you but you quickly look away and you know and everything was more for like the the pomp and circumstance of that moment and to be more entertaining than to actually evoke some kind of emotion from you. And what I love, I love like the stuff like that's like psychological horror and things that really like push the boundaries of what your perception of reality is and make you self-reflect to think like maybe I am the monster instead of instead of like I like horror that makes you think like 
instead of putting your yourself in the shoes of the protagonist running away or trying to fight for their lives, I like to put I like horror that puts you in the mindset of the monster or the killer or the or the pursuer and things like that. Like that make you feel for like why how someone could turn into that monster or to that killer. Like that's what I love about horror. And I've I, I heard someone talk about this recently. I think it was Call of Cthulhu, the streamer Call of Cthulhu. Uh-huh. Um, Adam talks about talked about on Twitter. He was that really stuck with me recently. He said, "Horror it really is a dumping ground for the uncreative, and if, if you and it's it's very it's very uh, easy to see when you when you look at the long list of movies and TV shows and TV series and one shot this one shot that. It's all very like very seldom is it highly reviewed. It's mostly just like." You know, like really bad stuff. And some of it, it's, it's it can be fun. But it can be fun, you know, like like there's lots of fun horror stuff, you know, like Friday the 13th and, and you know, like Freddy Krueger and and Halloween. It's stuff that that's like you go to see with your girlfriend in the movies, you know what I mean? And she goes, ah, oh, you know, and she cuddles up next to you and maybe you'll get lucky later, you know. The, 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 Ding! It, <laughs> it's the kind of it's the kind of horror you're 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 um you're most like you're most susceptible like like you're most susceptible to in the mainstream media and it's it's kind of a shame because horror can be used as a vehicle to really like make you think about like life and make you think about your interactions with other people and make you think about how someone could become something it's it's why i think like the like the the unspoken horror of today's like mainstream media are things like crime dramas and and like murder documentaries and stuff like that. If you watch stuff like that, the real stuff, that's really scary. That's scarier than any stupid movie coming out like The Nun or something, you know, <laughs> like the, 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 that jump scare type culture. Like it, it gets a little it gets a little stale and it has gotten stale over the last couple of decades, in my opinion. But there are still some diamonds in the rough that belong up there amongst some of the best stuff in cinema or gaming or TV, stuff like that. Oh, what so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a different answer than you were expecting, oh. I'm sure. No, I actually, because I tend to be, like, horror has a really big umbrella of, like, types of horror under it, and psychological horror, to me, I feel is just as valid as, say, like, the gore horror, the ones that have, like, a lot of blood and guts, like, mm-hmm. associated with them, so... Yeah, it's like, actually, it's not a, what was it, a weird answer at all. Because I've had guests come on here and say, hey, yeah, I like psychological horror. The type that makes you think was really about just, like, really, who are we as people? Mm-hmm. And how you can affect people and how mm-hmm. people can be turned into, like, that monster to that killer. Exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, there are still a few diamonds in the rough as far as horror goes today. Can you give some examples of those? Well, I probably haven't seen like a really good horror movie in a long time. Like, but I, I I'd say that the, there there's some movies that definitely left an impact on me within the last I'd say 15, 20 years, and the, that was definitely The Ring, the the original Ring. And just something about watching that 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 video, you know, it really wasn't like the movie or the moments where she's coming out of the TV that really got me. It was the imagery, that flash imagery that you see in that movie that's just so strange. It really makes you think, like, how could something like this be created? And it really, 
it, that's what it was that video and and i actually really love like that kind of uh that kind of horror today like you see a lot of these youtube videos that are really creepy like there's this uh there's this channel called channel 58 on youtube and they make these random videos about like like systems being like like a station being taken tv station being taken over by a crazy message or video and it it's just oh, it really just makes your spine tingle and makes the hairs on your arms raise up like just really creepy stuff i, I like i like presentations like that where it's just outside the box and scary but there are some other ones that are uh, like kind of more thriller than horror stuff like uh, jacob's ladder is also a really really uh good like thriller movie that really stuck with me over the years and um there, there's a few mo- more too like believe it or not i think the original like scream movies th- that that was the pinnacle of that type of horror like and it, there, it was so self-aware at the same time of how over the top it was and it still it, it capitalized on it really well like a lot of people look back at scream and stuff like that like are like oh you know the stupid mask and they think scary movie now was up and stuff you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but but scream like it really was the peak of that kind of thriller horror you know and the I, I think the best part of those that series was the phone call you know you know do you like scary movies you know it's just like the the voice on the other end who could it be you know and then it turns out to be her friends of course you know like the stalkers and the the, the person you think is your friend is really your stock is your stalker you know that that is something very real you know a lot of times when someone is is hurt or killed or stalked in real life it's very very common that it is someone close to them that that's what i like like stuff that kind of reflects real life but also takes it to another level ah so you're more uh, yeah more of a fan of the horror grounded in realism as opposed to like the supernatural aspects with ghosts and things like that in it yeah well, ghost ghost is a different thing. I, I think yeah. that there are some movies like I think the uh, supernatural. Oh no, is not is it supernatural? The, the movies about the poltergeist is that is that what it's called? Um, it's, it's it's like the the footage like the the footage version. Uh, is of, found footage a paranormal activity? Paranormal activity. That's something yes. supernatural. I'm like, isn't that a stupid? Isn't that a stupid like GW series? It, anyway. It, um, <laughs> Hey, uh, paranormal I'm... activity sorry i'm i'm a little <laughs> off right now when I, like like you you want to talk about movies and i'm i'm more of a gamer gaming head you know what i mean so i have all these games stuff in my head so hey. i gotta orient myself here but um yeah paranormal activity was was even though it <laughs> that genre has gone away like like pretty fast you know there's mm-hmm. been a million movies just like that but paranormal activity yeah. really does make you think like because it felt so real you know and it, it felt like because you've seen all these YouTube videos of like, oh, my haunted kitchen. You see all the like the doors and the and the cupboards flying open and the chairs yes. and stuff. And it's like, OK, all right. <laughs> somebody, somebody rigged up their kitchen all really good for this, you know. But the, the, that kind of movie, like it, it was very revolutionary, like for the time. Like, and it was it was really scary watching that for the first time. It's not something you can go back and watch again, though. You know, the, the, I think the, the, that is the problem with a lot of horror Mm-hmm. Is if you if it doesn't evoke it does if it doesn't evoke an emotion, or a, or make you think, like outside the box, like make you think about something you never thought about before, it's it's not worth coming back to, in my opinion, for a second viewing. I, I tend to find 
uh, that issue with most horror where it just evokes that reaction just once the first viewing and then that's it. Like you said, you can't come back to something like that over and over again. Exactly. But um, it's it's also why the series like Halloween and stuff have have survived so long because yeah, it was kind of cheap thrills and stuff like that. And some of those movies are really, really, really bad if you've seen them. Um, it had an overarching plot and characters that you could you could connect to, and th- that is also another part of of horror that is really good. If you actually give actual human characters that you can relate to. It's worth coming back for, and it's why those series have stayed popular over the years. Exactly. I mean, most of the Halloweens were pretty cheesy, I will admit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, exactly. I, yeah, I tend to like just like the original one and then the one that recently came out. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one yet, so I, I might I might see it when it comes out on digital. Yeah, so I won't I won't spoil it. So yeah, I'll stop talking <laughs> about it. I'll stop talking about it now, because otherwise I will maybe accidentally spoil it, and I do not want to. But yeah, this uh, this podcast talks about all kinds of horror here. How you mentioned how oh you just want to talk about movies. I love talking about games too. So mm-hmm. let's kind of segue into horror games. So of course we know that you like Silent Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. So besides uh, Silent Hill, what are your other favorite types of horror games to play? Well, it's kind of funny because um, uh, if, if I'm going to mention any other series of horror games, I have to mention Resident Evil, you know, especially with the RE2 game coming out. Um, uh, I played Resident Evil 2 back when it first came out when I was a kid, and I remember first seeing that liquor scurry across that window pane for the first time before going into that uh, that hallway where you encounter it for the first time. And I remember as a kid seeing that and being like, what the hell was that? Like, I am not leaving this room. And literally, I, w- I went everywhere else first. Like, I-, I went everywhere else I could first, but that hallway, just because of that first impression of seeing that thing I'd never seen before. And oof. But um, but I'd say Resident Evil is one of those series that it's evolved the wrong way over time. It, it kind of got caught up with the with the Call of Duty style style of like, you know, just all action first. Like things have to be exploding everywhere. Things have to be larger than life. And it kind of, it, it, it removed itself from that cloak and dagger feel over time with, especially with games like four and five, like Resident Evil four and five. And, um, but it, it's, it's come back with RE7. A lot of people, there's a lot of hardcore RE people that don't like RE7 because of the first person camera and it, it did change up a lot of things, but um, they've really brought it back. Capcom has, and I played the demo for RE2. Uh, I won't spoil anything, but it was it was great. It was great, and the the thirty minute time limit thing. People are complaining about that. I loved it. It made it feel like an old school nineties game demo. Like I loved it. I felt like I was a kid again. I wanted to. Oh, I'm gonna eat that game up when it comes out. It's gonna come out in what twelve days now. I am super excited. I know. But, um, me too. <laughs> But uh, there are tons of tons of games that I love too, like I like Amnesia, The Dark Descent. It's probably one of my favorite pure horror games of all time, and it's another game that really changed changed how we we see horror games. It, like, because every first person horror game nowadays with exploration and everything and puzzles and an overarching plot, it all 
started. Like, like Amnesia is the mother of all those games. It really is. If you think about it, Amnesia the Dark Sin is the mother of all those like modern day. And, and the problem is, is that they've just been regurgitated out over and over and over, especially after the whole Slender Man like thing and five nights uh, at freddy's and it's just like every game is the same like i th- I think like peak bad horror game like like garbage horror game is like that emily wants to play like have you played that oh my god <laughs> that is just peak terrible but um no, yeah there's I lots of haven't played that uh, another alien isolation is another one that is amazing i love mm-hmm. i love the alien i love the alien series um, I mean, there really isn't that many good movies from that series, but still, it's worth watching all of them just, just because they're just it's just great, especially Alien and Aliens. You have to at least watch those two movies. Oh yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, first and second, the third was hot garbage, and then the ones <laughs> after that, like Prometheus and whatever the other one was. I didn't even see the <laughs> other one. I I totally forgotten that they even existed. I think I blocked it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it, it. What the good, what the good parts about like <laughs> Alien and Aliens was, it was, it was show don't tell, you know, and the, 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 that's what good horror is all about. Show don't tell. Like you show something horrible, you show something scary, but you don't have to immediately explain what it is. And it, it's what a lot of movies do nowadays. It's like, it's like you used to see a monster step out of the shadows slowly, and you only see a glimpse of it before it kills and drags him away, or or cuts to the next scene and stuff like that. And you see a little bit more of it over, over and over. And then you don't see the full monster. You don't come to face to face with the entire monster until the very end, the last climax, you know, to see it's, it's final form, you know, but, um, I will say that, uh, what was I talking about here? <laughs> I went <laughs> off the rails a little bit there, but, um, yeah, show don't tell. So, you want to you want to lead up to something you don't want to immediately just explain what it is right off the get go it it kind of ruins the suspense it ruins the the reveal i think because if you already know what's going on ugh, yeah <laughs> I, I mean it also in a way if you feel like as a movie creator or a game creator that you have to explain too much and offer too much exposition about what was going on and if you do it too much in a way i feel it kind of insults the audience's intelligence just a little bit for sure yes and it's kind of it's kind of one of the biggest problems in horror i think is the constant like like every every horror movie that is bad every horror game that is bad like that has a story that has like an overarching plot Everyone that's bad always has that. Mm-hmm. Always has that, like like treating your audience like idiots moment. Like it, it's terrible. Like, and it's it's why it's why horror really doesn't get taken that seriously when it comes to the when it comes to media. Like it's it's terrible. But um, like I said before, um, I agree with the, what Adam said. Uh, Call of Cthulhu. He said like it's a dumping ground often for for bad ideas and like uninspired work and gaming is no different to be honest if anything yeah. gaming is even worse when it comes to that like but i would say horror for for gaming like it just needs more people like it needs more people to uh, appreciate what's like what's right and what's good and what's actually like worth uh trying to entertain other people with and I, it's it's what's one of the reasons why i formed team silent because um Silent Hill is one of those series that is 
is completely surrounded by misinformation and and people uh, inserting their own opinions and their own ideas into it and trying to sell it as fact because um yeah, I mean, it was, if you want to go off on Silent Hill, we can we can start talking about Silent Hill. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's actually going to be like my next question. It's just like, why Silent Hill? I mean, I, I've only played the first and the second one. I know there's many more games beyond that. But yeah, let's talk about Silent Hill. So Silent Hill, man, why? <laughs> well, honestly, yeah. Silent Hill is yeah. one of the, uh, in my opinion, like, the, the, like Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and 4 are like, the best um the best possible um examples for psychological horror and show show don't tell horror done right when it comes to gaming and um the the original uh, uh, team silent which is the which is like the, the development team from konami that worked on the first four games it's it's our name our our twitch team name is team sound as well it's a, it's an ode to them as respect uh because we love their games so much and um they they developed the first four games and disbanded uh, shortly after and we got a bunch of hit and miss games after that unfortunately because the 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 worst part about the the silent hill series is that it's tied to konami and i'm not sure how um how uh, familiar you or your audience are with Konami as a company. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're pretty familiar. It's pretty much um, every so often it's hashtag fuck Konami, like in our chat, because we just get so yeah, mad at them go. sometimes. There you go. <laughs> there you go, right there, yeah, hashtag, yeah. It's funny, though, because, uh, like, Konami, they were... They were on top of the the horror genre there with Silent Hill for for years, you know, and and they also like had like even Metal Gear like the the series had lots mm-hmm. of moments of even Metal Gear Solid One if you played that you know for the, for the original PS One, um, it it had tons of thriller mm-hmm. and scary moments in it like that were just very highly detailed and there was there was a lot of minds that worked for Konami that were so creative and they just squandered all of that over the years over over making money first and creativity second and it's it's kind of terrible um but silent but that's a brief like like synopsis of the bad when it comes to the all-around work of silent hill how it's pretty much gone from one of the most highly respected and most uh most spoke about uh horror game series to pretty much a laughingstock a joke you know like and it's kind of sad but it was a great it was a great series and um it's why team silent formed like why the twitch team formed is we wanted to kind of re- do our part in removing the uh the misinformation and the stigma and the and the ridiculousness surrounding the series and we we, we try to pay homage to what's real and what like what like we try to stay to the facts and um to what the developers like spoke about and just what you get from the games in general we, we like to speculate on some things but we don't go into detail too much or try to pass our opinions off as fact and um if any of you have ever visited the silent hill wiki <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty much a meme as well like the, mm. there's lots of stuff surrounding silent hill that is just a lot of inf- misinformation and um but what i loved about 
what I loved about uh, Silent Hill. Hold on, let me get this little quote up. It was fear. Uh, yeah, it was um, the first little quote you see when you open up Silent Hill and the the, the opening uh, the opening little uh, flavor uh, FMB starts at the beginning before you go to the menu. It's it it flashes across a little message, a little text message that says the fear of blood tends to create fear for the flesh. And like when you think about that, if you try to think about it literally like, Oh, if you're scared of blood, you might be scared of skin too. But no, it's, 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 if you think about it, this is what that means. It means the fear of the unknown, like may lead to the fear of what you can see of the known. And that to me personifies great horror. And it's more show don't tell, but also it's more in depth because if if you're scared of what you can't see, it'll make you yeah. scared of everything. And the, it, that to me yeah. is the is the creed of the Silent Hill series, or what it should be remembered for. Yeah, I, like I said, I only played like the first and the second one. I remember the second one uh, being more, I guess, terrifying to me than the first one. Um, I, I admittedly, I haven't, like I said, I haven't played any of the others, but if someone was just coming into the Silent Hill series for the very first time and they asked you, okay, Ravenheart, what game should I start off with? Would you recommend they start off with the first one or another one altogether? Well, when it comes to the series, it's not necessarily all linear. There's only two games that really link up to each other in terms of a linear story, and that's one and three. But if if you uh, if you don't mind the dated graphics, I'd say start with Silent Hill One. Silent Hill One is very much a game where you uh, can come into it blind. You don't need to know much about it. The story is very vague, so it's it's more of the experience as a whole. And if you really explore, you could find all sorts of crazy pop culture references hidden in the game, and lots of things related to um, like the human the human mind and fear and abuse. And it's really it's about a man who loses his daughter in a in a town basically that feels like it's cut off from reality and it has its own separate reality. And all the monsters and terrible things that you see are manifested are manifested by a little girl who was who was um, um, raised up in a, a crazy religious cult. And they thought that they could resurrect a god through her. And so like through her own like because she had. She was special and she had psychic powers, you can say. It's not really it's, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like that. Like it's not really specifically said psychic powers, but it's the best way to describe it. So she somehow so along I won't spoil too much, but uh because of her lack of control of her power, she was burned alive, but somehow survived. And at the, at that point, like she trapped the town in her own other reality that's all manifestations of her like of her trauma and of her memories and of her like the memories of her abuse and her fears and it all plays out in a perfect landscape throughout the town the this abandoned town that's destroyed and cut off from the outside world and, and enveloped in a thick fog i'm sure you all I'm sure you all know like every i'm sure most like you know someone's a gamer if you know someone is a gamer especially a horror gamer if it's foggy outside and they're like, it looks like Silent Hill out here. So Yeah, that's that's what I think all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, Silent Hill 1 is a great place to start if you just want to experience the entire series. Uh, but if you just want to like, if you just want the best of the best and you don't want to have to worry about like, oh, I don't want to have to play like five games or whatever. I just kind of want to play the best of the best. Just play Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 is is my favorite game of all time. And it's it's not really, it doesn't really have that same edge as 1 and 3 and some of the other ones have where about the, you know, the crazy religious cult and and the the kind of like the, the satanic stuff, you know, the like the, that's involved in it or drugs and things like that, like how some of the other Silent Hill games are. It's more about like how fear can rise from a human condition and like the the overarching uh, themes of loss and um, and depravity and and cutting oneself off from your own emotions and denial and suffering like the those overarching and like acceptance and 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 like like acceptance like loss acceptance and denial it's pretty much like the like the the stages of death i'm not sure how many actual stages there are and it's you kind of go through that as you go through that game and the the main character is such a, he's such an everyman you know james sunderland like he's such an everyman and by the end he becomes a completely different person it's like i said you find out how a man can become a monster like in and he paired off with one of the most iconic horror horror um, antagonists, Pyramid Head. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's just a it's just a masterpiece. And if you can get it for PC, there's lots of awesome stuff. Um, there's the Silent Hill Two Enhanced Edition that that it's been painstakingly worked on for months, and it's now available. If you want to get the PC version, you want to play the tip top HD version not that crap hd collection that's available for the console <laughs> like yeah d- d- do not buy the hd collection j- just don't i mean if it's all you have just that's fine but do not do not waste your money on the hd collection for xbox or or playstation but yeah uh, ps2 is uh, I mean, the ps2 version or the pc version of Silent hill 2 highly recommend if you just want the best of the best from the series and after that, uh, three and four are amazing too. If you're going to play one, I recommend three as well. It's an amazing game, and very it it, it takes uh, the, the same kind of tone as one, but it puts you in the shoes of a character that's much more relatable. A, a teenage girl called Heather, and she realizes her own connection to the original story, and she has to return to Silent Hill to to uh, to face the end and to face the end of her story and and how she's connected to. Silent Hill and the the original story and the girl that I was talking about in the first game. And then there's 4, which is a very another game that's not really connected to the other games in terms of story, but it does have certain references and things like that. Mostly just names and and locations, but um it's another awesome game because it it the the main character is so bland in 4 and so un, like so forgettable. But the main antagonist Walter Sullivan is you that that is his game like he's really like the main character of the game the main bad guy walter walter sullivan and you learn about how him how he's trapped this uh this man uh henry uh, townsend inside he's trapped this man henry townsend inside of his own apartment who who um walter sullivan believes is his mother's womb and he's trying to create another world much like silent hill inside that room and he has to sacrifice people 
to make that happen. And it, it's a really cool game. Like it's it's probably in terms of like raw scares, it scared me the most the first time I played it at Silent Hill 4. And after that, it's kind of a mixed bag. You have Origins, which was it's just a boring game and it's uninspired. And um it's 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 a makeshift prequel to Silent Hill One that doesn't really go over very well. That's not really that fun to play. Forced uh forced uh quick time events and things like that. It's not very fun. And and then you have Homecoming, which like they tried really hard with Homecoming. It's just it's just not very good. Once again, uninspired and forgettable characters, forgettable plot. Um, and then you have Shattered Memories, which honestly, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to, it was sold as a um, as a reimagining of Silent Hill One. But if you actually play the game, it is nothing like other than the, just the names of the characters. It, like it has nothing to do with Silent Hill One, and it's just a really cool game. Like if you play it, the gameplay really is really isn't anything to like to remember, like or to talk about. But the, there's lots of aspects in the game, like how you can make it change, like like just by staring at something, you could change the story of the game, like long enough in that game, and it, it's really cool, like how it takes you on a really unique journey, um, through the through the character, and like he has to he has to deal with once again like denial and suffering just like Silent Hill 2 and then you have (laughs) (laughs) and then we come to downpour which has got to be just the just complete garbage and it's mostly remembered that that corn did the (laughs) did the opening song for the game (laughs) and yeah and that's it it. (laughs) yeah it's sad where you where you we start as Silent Hill as one of like the most uh, the most iconic horror games of all time. Then you come to the end, the end of the road. It 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 died a quiet death. The Silent Hill series did, and I won't even really talk about PT because people still like to talk to like talk about PT, the play, the playable teaser for Silent Hills that was ended up being canceled. Mm-hmm. I think it's just time to let that go, and I don't really want to dwell on that too much. It was a fun, awesome, really unique playable teaser. But other than that, the game's canceled. Not much to do. It not it, it's Konami for you. Right there. But yeah, the the Silent Hill series is very important to me. I could talk all day about the tropes and the characters and the story and how it relates to real life people and like human the human condition. And that's pretty much what a lot of my streams are dedicated to. Oh when were you um what was your first experience with the Silent Hill series? So did you start with the first one? Is that was that your entry into the whole like franchise? Actually, um, I was talking about Metal Gear earlier. My uh, my greatest hits Metal Gear Solid disc came with a demo for Silent Hill One, and that was the first time I ever experienced it. And it scared the shit out of me when I was kid. Sorry for sorry. No, you, the- you cuss. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me a lot, and I eventually got a copy of it. Went like in like two thousand. And I, it took me a long time to, to beat it because I got stuck on a few things here and there. And I eventually I did play, I like beat it all the way, and I loved it. But it, it did come. It, like I also played two, of course, the years later, but that came out. Uh-huh. And um, I played a little bit of three and a little bit of four, but I never, I never finished them. And uh, because like I, like I was going through a lot of stuff back then, I didn't really have access to gaming all the time. I kind of went through a big gaming drought there around that time like 
mid like mid uh, early 2000s you know like 2005 2006 i didn't really have a lot of access to gaming or time to do it because i was just working and working and working and lost family stuff but my reemergence into the gaming scene when i came back to when i came back to like youtube and twitch and things like that it's when i really started exploring the series and really got time to sit down and, and go through it and i've played hundreds of hours of all those games and um pretty much gotten every ending to every game explored every single thing and done in-depth analysis of all the games in the entire series even the bad ones even the bad ones so yeah because yeah even with the, the games that we might think oh god these are awful i'm sure there's someone out there that likes them <laughs> i don't know why. yeah and i don't have anything that's one thing i get accused of a lot is you don't let people enjoy things raven i don't i don't, I don't I don't really think that. I think people should enjoy whatever they like, and there's nothing. I have nothing against uh, people enjoying what what they what they like. You know, if, if you like all the silly stuff, if you like the the ah jump out from the corner, oh no! Like if you if you like that kind of stuff in horror, that's perfectly fine. And it's honestly people like that that keep the genre alive. If you think about it, it's the it's the people that like the simple scares and the, the, they like the. Like walk, walk, they like go into the movies with their girlfriend. You know what I mean? When she goes, ah, oh, grabs, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> going over this. Like it's the people like that. The you know the the people that that like the simple things that really do keep the the genre alive. So we have we have to thank them. We have to thank them for for being interested. You can't always have like the in depth conversations about horror, and and that's fine. But sometimes like it, it, it it's it's worth having. Absolutely. I mean. Like I said, there's all sorts of different kinds of horror, as we talked about earlier, and some is just like, you know, is just there strictly for the jump scares, and there's really nothing more to it. And then other times you get into, like, what we're having, these really kind of in-depth conversations about it. And, yeah, I like those. I like the latter. Mm-hmm. I really do like the latter. And... What a- Oh, so what, what what about you? Um, uh, what do you like about what you said you played one and two? What what did you like most about those games? Uh, it's been such a long time since I played one that I played like when it first came out, and I think that was the I don't even remember finishing it, not because I thought it was bad, but because I uh, life life happened. And then what I just remembered the most about 2 was the atmosphere. Um, atmosphere is what really attracts, attracts me to horror to begin with. And is the yeah. a- the atmosphere of that game is just what really got to me. And the horrors that the main character like had to go through and just working, like I said, through his... Um, like the way that he treated his wife, treated people um, in his life, and just is almost just like a really sick, messed up psychotherapy session. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think about it, yeah, yeah. you're, you're kind of right. It is the main character's yeah. like, like his his journey to acceptance, yeah. his journey to the truth, like of what uh, what happens, and in Silent Hill too. You have a lot of iconic imagery and a lot, a lot of iconic stuff that, that really, um, that really makes Silent Hill Two super unique amongst the entire series. And uh, like in Silent Hill One, you you have the other world, you know, where like you trigger an event and everything becomes this crazy industrial horror landscape where everything, like the normal floors, turn to to this crazy like wire fencing and 
everything's becomes metallic and rusted and destroyed you know and it looks like it looks like an entire like you're you live in a weird cage rusted cage world now and but Silent Hill 2 is very much the opposite where the other world is the real world the real version of it where the first, like upon first uh coming to a certain area uh the main character James will see everything as you know run down and old but not not really like other than when like monsters are, are present and everything it looks kind of normal like like a lived in area that that is abandoned but and the, once it makes that transition to over to like another state of it you see like how destroyed it really is like at the end i won't spoil too much for anybody who hasn't played Silent Hill 2 but there is one area where you go to a hotel at the very end of the game and when you first come to the hotel like i said it looks like a, a regular hotel you know that that is abandoned and like worn in and and old but everything seems like a normal hotel but then once you trigger a certain event you see what it really actually was it's a burned out hollow husk of a building that's that that's that's all rotted and destroyed and burned out and blackened and everything's molded and there's water everywhere there's a flood at the basement is flooded and it's just and the, there's this creepy music like it sounds like just droning in the background and it's another thing about the Silent Hill series it's really remembered for is its soundtracks and Akira Yamaoka the the sound designer for those games he's world renowned now as a great musician and um he really wasn't involved later on in some of the other projects but in like 1 2 1 2 and 3 not only did he write the music but he designed all the sound like in Silent Hill 2 he re- he said he recorded up to like i think it was like 100 and 150 different footfall sounds just for the characters wow like for walking on different things and like them turning on, on a like doing the quick turn sound or just walking versus running on different types of like just little like things like that like the sound design is is uh is amazing like and it's it's one of the like you said atmosphere sound has everything to do with atmosphere for sure exactly 150 different football sounds that's crazy i didn't know that <laughs> yeah the, the amount of detail put into that game is just is kind of disgusting actually <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's often overlooked it's one of the things like people think of pyramid head and like oh yes, pyramid head yeah. uh, and the, the giant sword and mm-hmm. and how he's a reflection of james and blah 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 and like stuff like that is really important but it's just that it's just that surface level stuff, you know. And that's fine if you just ex- if you just want to experience the surface level stuff. It's still worth playing. Not everybody has to go to Silent Hill College, as one of your viewers <laughs> <laughs> to appreciate the game. So yeah, I, I recommend everybody play play the play the series at least the first four, you know. And if you just want to play one, just play two. I'd say it's, it's the best in the series no. by far. So even if the graphics, as you mentioned, are dated. Yeah, Silent Hill One definitely the graphics are dated for sure. Silent Hill Two and Three though, um, I it's especially Three. If you play Three on PC, you don't even have to high have a high end PC or anything like that. Silent Hill Three on PC, if you put the right the right patches in, it looks great. Like I could even show you some whatever. Like I could show you some awesome. Uh, screenshots of just me playing like just of playing the game like the 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 mo-capping and the 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 facial animations of the characters in three are so ahead of their time and there's even games nowadays that that don't come close to how good that game on ps2 looked 
just with like facial animations and things like that. You probably think of games like Mass Effect Andromeda. You know what I mean? Uh, like that. Yeah. So like. Let's not speak of that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This level of detail they put into that. The, the, it was a labor of love. All those the, the first four games really were a labor of love. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, I will have to revisit at least the first and the second one again. And now that you told me that they're on PC, that makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, and if you ever wanted to uh, figure out easy ways to play them, how to set them up, you can always hit me up on Discord and things like that. I, I'd be happy to help you help you show them to your audience in a, in the, the best possible versions of them. <gasps> yes. I'm, al I'm always open to help people out uh, experience Silent Hill for the first time. <clears throat> Yay! I would greatly, I would greatly appreciate that because it's always like the, mm -hmm. those two are always something that I wanted to stream and play on the channel, but I was just never able to figure out how or where to get them or why. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's pretty easy nowadays, especially if, like I say, you don't even have to have that high end of a computer. But um, is anything that 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 if it has Windows 10 on it, you, you could probably run it. Like unless it's like a remedial laptop, then I can't help you there. But if you have it, if, like your stream quality seems great, so you you probably could run the games just fine. <laughs> yeah, because I have Windows 10. Uh, yeah, my computer is pretty beastly, kind of as a tangent here. Uh. 32 gigabytes of RAM. I got an i7-7700K processor, liquid cooling, a 1080 graphics card. So, yeah, I'd say I'm pretty set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine. You'd, you'd be able to run those games perfectly fine. It, it, some of them do take a little bit of work, like especially if you want to play Silent Hill 2 for PC. They, the, the Enhanced Edition is so worth setting up because the game sounds and looks beautiful in stunning HD. And see a stunning HD for whenever what year it came out. God, I feel old. <laughs> yeah, because I remember playing it when it first came out, and now it's just like, oh, geez, I am so old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you date yourself a little bit. We're like, I remember Silent Hill 1. I'm like, oh, damn. It's like, no, yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't remember that game at all because it just reminds nope. me out. Nope, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in my chat says, Raven should write a book, Pyramid Head Tactics for Modern Business. Oh, jeez. You know, if you want to hear the real, like, if you want to hear the real, like, nuts and bolts get ripped out of Silent Hill, like, over a, like, a long-form style, like, stream, like, beginning to end of the game, like, I have, I have some other people that I could recommend you guys to at the end of the stream, if, like, well, like, I mean, at the end of the podcast, if you want me to do some recommendations for anybody for streams to watch or anything like that, I... Like, everybody on my team, of course, and things like that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, the podcast usually goes uh, on for about an hour. I figure that's usually tends to be, like, the sweet spot for where um, most of the conversations, like, how long that they uh, tend to last. So, no problem. Yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about um i know you previously mentioned uh team silent so what can people expect from a typical team silent stream so like they click on one of the members okay so what will they be getting besides obviously someone playing silent hill well what you'll get well when we all we have a few different kinds of streams that we do we've gone through every single game 
um, in a group setting where all five of us come together and we like one of us plays and we all do commentary and have very very in depth back and forth discussions about every little fine detail um, about the games, the characters, the surroundings, the development, fun little stuff. You know, even breaking the game, showing like little speedrun tactics and stuff. Like literally every every bit of content you can wring out of those games we do in long form playthroughs. Uh, that go upwards to 14, 15 hours in one sitting. So um, the, all those VODs are available online. Uh, and um, you can go back and watch them like, like if you want to binge them or if you want to watch them in small installments, it's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend anybody watching at one beginning to end, any of those beginning to end. But we've gone through every single game in the series, including like the HD collection. And we're, we we're doing the play novel now. We're going to be doing that at the end of the month on uh i think nub zombies channel and uh yeah but um we've also done uh combination back-to-back marathons before amongst the channels where we go through every game in the series back to back like one streamer will start and play the first game then the ne- then we'll raid into the next channel of the next team member and they'll do two and so on and so forth until we go through the whole series we've done that like kind of like it's like a like like kind of like a relay marathon we've done that as well and well, we're going to be doing those a lot more often too. You probably think about uh, channels like uh, Outer Heaven Network, and we're, we're very much inspired by them. Uh, the Outer Heaven Network is uh, three streamers that um, are dedicated to the Metal Gear series, and uh, we draw a lot of inspiration from them, like Three Dog, and uh, and uh, Nightmare, and uh, DRK. So it's kind of what we modeled our team after, but we don't have one centralized channel. We so well, the way rating works now, you don't have to worry about that, you know, because rating just takes all your viewers and puts it into the next channel. You know what I mean? Uh huh. All nicely. So we've we've known each other like through like speedrunning communities and just in depth like playthrough communities. We all just love Silent Hill. It's it's our bread and butter. It it it's what pays the bills. Like if you say, yeah. yeah. Don't mind me saying. <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't mind at all. Like, like I said. Um... Like I said, like I, I've said in the past, is like however people uh, choose to approach Twitch or what they use Twitch for, it's just like it is really nobody's business but that uh, broadcasters. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah. Team Sound is very much dedicated yeah. to the Silent Hill series. So if you love Silent Hill and if you love just like horror in general, all the streamers on that team, like we all have a, sp- a soft spot for just horror not just Silent Hill like like I said I play lots of Resident Evil on my channel I love like games like Alien Isolation Evil Within um even some other ones like like I said Amnesia and some other n- not so none there are are not so great but still just fun to play you know right <laughs> like there's a lot of fun ones um like I probably have a catalog of games that I play literally every year if not multiple times a year, and the, that catalog is probably getting up where up upwards towards the fifty or sixty like numbers, and I play like they're all horror games too, pretty much all horror horror or thriller titles that I play every year, and we, we come back to more than once a year, especially the Resident Evil and Silent Hill series. I'm more of like the resident revisiting Resident Evil than I am like. But Silent Hill, because I didn't know, like, really, like, they even existed for play on PC. But now that I did and I have you as a resource, yay! That makes me, like, yeah, so, for sure. that makes me so happy. You don't even know. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, it, it'll take some time to set up, like, and to like, learn how it works. But like, well, once you get it running, like, you'll be like, you'll be, ex you'll be astounded about um, how well it runs, how good it looks, for sure. Yeah, I will definitely uh, grab you, and whenever you have like some free time, like I know, like you're very, you're a very busy individual, like, but <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, if people would like to help me with that, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. like I said, if I can help somebody experience Silent Hill for the first time or experience it in the best possible version and uh, show it to their audience and like get it, cause, like I said, it's obvious that you have a deep appreciation for horror mm -hmm. the, as a genre and like especially with games and movies. So I know you'd love it. You'd love every minute of it and it would be a brand new experience for you. Especially if you went through like one, two, three, and four on your on your stream, I'm sure your audience would eat it up. They'd love it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm already like excited about it. Because <laughs> now that I know, it's sure. just like now that I know, it's like yep, that's what I'm gonna be doing the first chance I get. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, it's what it's what the team's all about. Once mm. coming back to the team, if if we can inspire anybody. Mm to take a, a, a deeper interest in the series, then we've done what we set out to do. Because you, you know who's not trying to put get anybody interested in the series? You know who doesn't give a damn about the series? Konami. <laughs> yeah. They have given up on that series. And the latest installment of Silent Hill is a pachinko machine, if you know what that is. It's a gambling machine that, that is in, available in Japan. And it, it features... Uh, uh, Silent Hill FMVs and things. It's all. Uh, it's it's crazy the amount of detail that goes into this pachinko machine. One of our one of our team members, an Eternal Enigma, actually has the the machine. He bought the machine and has it in his in his streaming room. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, like the amount of detail that goes into this, like goes into the stupid machine. But it just goes to show you what Konami really cares about. You know, uh, they don't give a crap about the series. They don't care about people seeing it for the first time. They don't have any um, connection or love for the series other than making money from it. And it's gone. It, so you know, we've taken it upon ourselves to keep the series alive, and it, the, that's what the team is all about. And I'm very happy to um, to talk about it with anybody to get anybody interested in it again, and to experience it for the first time or to revisit it or to maybe just look at it in a new light and and see how much detail and love from the original developers the original team silent went into those games that's awesome that you guys and that team exists on twitch to be able to share that love of silent hill with people who have played it like you said multiple times or just is now experiencing it for the first time so yeah i feel like you know go you <laughs> go you guys <laughs> <laughs> like for yeah for sure because i feel like i said um i haven't played all the series i've just like i got halfway through the first one and finished the second one but even just with that it was i have such a great appreciation for that series yeah yeah go you right i kind of like my brain just kind of <laughs> stopped for a second it's like uh, uh yeah, like I was gonna say something like really profound, and I was just like, uh, yeah, go, yeah, go you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't even know like where I was going with that. So my thought will probably come back to me here in just a minute. But while we are waiting on that, I'm going to ask my community if they have any questions for you because I like to like, do a little Q&A like, at near the end of the podcast. So while we are waiting on those potential questions, uh, talk about when, where your channel is, where people can find you on social media, when you'll be streaming next. Oh, sure. Um, you could find me. Do you mind if I put, am I allowed to put links in your chat? You are absolutely allowed to put links in chat. Okay, sure. You could find me at uh, twitch.tv slash Ravenheart, H-A-R-T, right there. You could find my team here, uh, twitch.tv slash team slash team silent. All the, you could find the, the, all the members there. You could follow me on Twitter here. Oh, wait, hold on. It's, it's at Ravenheart, at Ravenheart007. Um, and uh, the, 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 the Twitch team, hold on, Twitch team uh twitter is right here uh you can check here for updates when we're going to be doing the streams and things like that we, we put all sorts of fun silent hill related stuff on there as well and we we, we we retweet developers when they're talking about it like stuff people like masahiro ito the original um design like character designer and things like that for um the original games it, it's where you could find uh everything related that, that i'm working on and uh yeah what if Jade's Bond went to Silent Hill? What kind of a question is that? <laughs> <laughs> what if James Bond went to Silent Hill? Um, he'd probably find uh, a rusted PP7. That's what he'd probably find. Instead of the golden PP7? I don't, I don't know. Ah. That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, and, you, know, you know, Bond Bond villains are always known to have, for having a lot of character and a, like a really unique look, so I'd It'd be crazy to see what a Bond villain coming out of Silent Hill would look like. That would be, oh, wow. That sounds sounds scary as hell, to be honest. I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about it. It seemed like kind of a weird question at first, and I was just like, you know, like you have me thinking like, yeah, no. no." (laughs) All right, let me go up and make sure that I haven't missed any other... Question. If you guys have any uh, questions or uh, for me, go go right ahead. Whether it's Silent Hill related or just my channel related or horror in general, you know, go go right ahead. I'm I I got a little bit of time here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I tend to like what talk to people and blather at them, so that's why I try to make like a terrific talk, like cut off at about the hour mark or maybe like a little bit before because you'll have me blathering otherwise. <laughs> I can kind of go on and on and on, which I probably have already. (laughs) Well, that's what a podcast is for. I mean, talking. For sure. For sure. Oh, God. Yeah, everybody has to ask, like, every new podcast guest this question. So it's not even horror related. But uh, Dan wants to know, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? You know, not only... You know, not only do I believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, it is the best Christmas movie. Thank you. Mm. The best. Mm. <laughs> the best. In fact, I watched it on Christmas. Thank you very much. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. 
I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, in Die Hard, Die Hard, the Die Hard series is a thriller movie if it, at its heart, too. If you think about it, especially the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, just just think about John McClane um, sneaking around through the building, through the Nakatomi uh, building and worrying about what's around the corner, hiding and running and fighting as he can. It, it, that is the core of every good uh, every good survival horror video game. <laughs> yep, and it had a good villain, Hans Gruber. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can't forget him. <laughs> of course. Oh, Silver, you could disagree with the Christmas movie all you want, but Raven says it is, and so that's that's the final word on it. Another good Christmas <laughs> movie if, uh, is uh, Jingle All the Way. I love that movie. It's a... It's, it's, uh... Okay, I, I just love Arnold, okay? What can I say? Oh, that movie's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific talk, you, where we end up talking about Christmas movies. <laughs> are you going to ask me if I like pineapple on pizza next? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you brought it up, so now you have to oh, answer Oh, God. It. No, no. I'm not, I'm not even. I cannot. No, no. <laughs> not even. We're not going down this road. Okay. No. Not answering that. Sorry, it's a trap. It's a trap. It is a trap. I, you know what I like on pizza? I like pepperoni and cheese. Okay, there you go. Okay, that that's that's a fair answer. But you can only blame yourself for bringing up that pineapple in the avenue. I guess. Yeah, I have myself to blame. Damn it. Yeah, because I'm not the one that asked it. <laughs> <laughs> They said, yeah, we're just, like, Josh and yeah, we're, like, giving you crap. So, yeah, I don't think, like, he's offended. Like, that's it. I'm leaving forever. Goodbye. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right. So, pizza questions notwithstanding. Uh, let's see here. Well, he's not going to tell you. Case closed. <laughs> um, I don't see any other questions in chat the world does not need to know okay <laughs> even if he brought it up the world does not need to know about the pineapple the world may never know. know ah yes 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 <laughs> uh, so i think this would be a good spot to end the podcast for tonight Ah, wait, one more question. My my community has a habit of doing this. They say we're gonna end, and then they look for tactics to keep my guests here longer. So here's another question for you um, about a video game. Uh, Silver wants to know: Have you played White Day, a labyrinth named School, original and or remake? Um, White Day, a lab. I actually have not played those. Um, hold on. Let me let me look it up and see what, if I if I know what you white white day. Hold on, let me see. Oh, okay. So this is like kind of a Japanese style horror. I'd say I've never played this. No, I'm looking at the probably the remake for PS4 that just came out. Um, no, I've never played that. Um, I'm actually really very interested in Japanese style horror because. It's it's re- it's very good at at doing the the show don't tell style horror. Uh, it's it's not really like 
it's not inspired by any kind of Western tropes and things like that. And it's why I have a deep appreciation for it. And um, Western horror has kind of taken it and bastardized it, especially with, uh, like I said, The Ring was probably the best, uh, the best uh, version of that when it came over to the U.S., but it eventually got bastardized as well in the sequels and blah, 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 you know. And they even made fun of that in one of the scary movies as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um but uh i i do like that that kind of that kind of horror like like there's lots of there's lots of interesting games that come out of that that uh that kind of horror like fatal frame and and uh rule of rose and th- th- there's just a lot when if you think about it and th- there's a lot of uh there's a lot of western style horrors that that have been inspired by japanese horror as well too and there's even ones that are like are kind of cheap that are kind of bad stuff like corpse party it it's kind of like ugh, you know it's it's more like an anime like a horror anime than a game in my opinion so it's korean horror oh okay so yeah like the the, the asian style horror it's all very very similar when it terms in terms of being very good at the show don't tell style of horror so but i i'd probably try it out i i'd probably try it out for sure i'm the kind of person who i'll play I'll play anything that's horror. At least try it, you know. Unless it's agony, I'm not playing that. I'm not playing that game. Screw that. <laughs> Somebody bought it for me, and I'm still not playing it. No. It's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I refuse. You wasted your money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. It was botched anyway. Yeah, that's what I heard too. <laughs> that's what I heard too. Oh man. <laughs> uh. But yeah, any other questions, guys? If you want to get yeah. in some last minute questions, even if it's simple or whatever, yeah. go right ahead. You're just asking my opinion. I don't care. It's all good. Yeah. How many lists does it take to get to center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? No, uh, uh, I, 237, I think, is because someone scientifically tested it one time. Yeah, they actually tested this. <laughs> if you're literally just going to lick it over and over and over, your tongue is going to be raw by the time you get there. I'm just going to say that, all right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to suck, not lick, okay? Yeah. Three, the answer is three. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> if you ask Mr. Owl, I guess, okay? But I'm Raven, yeah. not Mr. Owl, all right? Yeah, see, different species of bird. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to ask me any avian-centered uh, uh, questions, that'd be fine, too. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. My community is weird, but I love them because I am just as weird. And I guess I attract weird people. <laughs> you have no idea, all right? You have no idea. Playing, playing a lot of horror games all the time, it does bring out... A, sometimes it brings out a very specific type of... Uh, um, a very specific type of person who sometimes actually will... Try to work out their own issues through their the experience they get through watching you play that specific game. It evokes a type of emotion, and sometimes it brings out really deep-seated stuff in people and in, in viewers. And sometimes it's very thought-provoking, and other times it's very disturbing. Like, like I've had some people ask me some very disturbing questions or give some really hot takes on things that have happened in uh, during some some horror game streams that have really just baffled me or confused me like very very much it's kind of crazy what some people can get out of those experiences for themselves and that's what i love uh, i guess a good way to top it off um 
a good good way to put a cap on this converse, kind of conversation uh-huh. is that what's best about horror? The best best possible horror is something that you can watch or absorb or play or anything that you can get your own like you 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 can have your own opinion and your own interpretation of what you just saw, what you just played, what just happened in front of you without having someone like be like that's wrong, you're wrong. Like if if you can literally have your own interpretation of something and you're supposed to have your own interpretation by design, that to me is a good horror story. Bravo. Bravo. Those are just some great uh, some great ending parting words and I feel that this would be a perfect spot to now officially end this episode of Terrific Talk. So once again, Ravenheart, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come on and talk with me about horror and horror games and horror related things. I greatly appreciate it. It was a pleasure. And you know, like I said, hit me up anytime if you want to help uh, setting up those games for sure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, you will probably uh, see a message from me tomorrow saying, yeah, when you have time, uh, help me. Because <laughs> uh, I like to try and get a jump on things like pretty quick. But yeah, so I will definitely be talking to you soon in that case. For sure. Yeah. I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks uh, for having me on again. Yes, absolutely. And I will catch you later, sir. Have a good one. Take it easy. You too. Bye-bye. Once again, thank you so much to Ravenheart for coming on this episode of the Terrific Talk podcast. And thank you to all of you out there for watching or listening. You can find the video of this episode on youtube.com slash brandykins or you can listen to the audio version on anchor.fm slash terrific talk. If you are interested in becoming a patron of terrific talk, you can go to patron.com slash brandykins. So until next time, stay terrific everyone. Bye-bye.